You're listening to The Drive with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Julian and Chantel riding until Islanders Penguins coverage here on 98.7 ESPN. Of course, 1-800-919-3776. We'll get you caught up on all the games. Obviously, Giants and uh, Rams going at it 7-7. We'll keep an eye on what's going on uh, with the Miami and Baltimore. That's really the top spot in the AFC. So we'll get you caught up on all the games, all what we do on Sunday afternoons with the drive. But, and of course, we have company coming. Rich Cimini will join us at 3 and Jay Bromley at 4.30 and Pat O'Keefe will join us a little after 5 o'clock. And we will begin with our top story that has nothing to do with the National Football League. It is about the New York Knicks. It is about a trade that I have been asking the Knicks to make for a while. It is about a trade that I understand from Knicks fans. And once again, as a Knicks fan, I am a little, I'm, I'm happy that they got the player that I think can really take them to another level to stretch them out, to get them closer to where they need to go. But when you get that type of player, it means that you have to give up really good players. And RJ Barrett was a player that look with RJ Barrett and with Emmanuel quickly, these are guys that you have a special attachment to because they're draft picks. Right, and when when you have your your draft pick, you, you ride with them. There's a bit more emotion tied in with that pick, right? There's a bit more, you you have more invested, because of the fact that it's a it, it's a draft pick that you know you you watch, you kind of nurtured, you know what I'm saying? You 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 rolled with them, and when you understand how talented Emmanuel quickly is. And you understand what he brings to the table, how good he is, how good he is offensively, how he has improved defensively. I mean, Emmanuel quickly has done everything that the Knicks have asked him to do. They asked him to try to do some things at at the point guard spot, and he's done that. They asked him to improve himself defensively, and he's done that. So he, he had done everything that you wanted him to do. And from, you know, his ability to be really, uh, the forerunner for me last season in the six man until because of injuries, he had to start and that really took him out of the six man situation. But let's be fair. When they could not come to contract understanding with Emmanuel quickly, you kind of had the feeling that he might be on the trade deadline trade on the trading block, right? Because they've got, people that they have to sign going forward. And Emmanuel quickly is going to earn a lot of money for a guy coming off the bench. And so while you love his talent, while you're going to miss him, I will miss him. I loved Emmanuel quickly, love what he brought to the table, loved his energy, loved his ability to perform. By the way, Josh just got an interception off Matthew Stafford. First one in his last 170 pass attempts. So nice job by the Giants defense that has played well over the past month. But, you know, this is what you have to do to try to get better. Think about this. And that, look, that the contest, the game that you saw them play against Orlando kind of told you where this team is. I have talked about the fact that they lack size. And and it's gotten worse, obviously, with the injury to uh, Mitchell Robinson. 
And so when you play, and even though they were able to beat Milwaukee finally, the, the matchups are a nightmare for this team. When you face teams like Milwaukee, when you face teams like Orlando, when you face teams even on the West Coast, like, like you face with Minnesota, who they play uh, in the next couple of days, these are the, you need size for these teams. Okay? And while you have Hart, who's an excellent rebounder, Vincenzo is an excellent rebounder, there's a number of smaller players on this team that do a great job rebounding. Defensively, you have matchup mismatches. And all we've talked about is for this team to get that 3 and D guy, right? For this team to get who I thought was the best person was OG Ananobi. And so the Knicks make that move and they go out and get him. And so for me, is this the final piece to the puzzle? No, because I think the Knicks have to do some other things. There's no question about that. But it is a piece that puts them in the right direction. As far as R.J. Barrett is concerned, look. R.J. Barrett was the third pick in the draft. R.J. Barrett had a roller coaster career. There were moments when he saw you were thinking, you know what, he's taken off. This is the R.J. Barrett we were looking for. This is the R.J. Barrett we've been waiting for. This is what we wanted. But let's be honest. The way this team is constructed, the way that Tom Thibodeau has... And listen, Julius Randle's played very well since the first six games of the season. Give him credit. He's done what he's needed to do. He's, he's given you points. He's given you rebounding. And for the most part, his turnovers have been down. Has he turned the ball over on occasion? Yeah, he does. That, he's a flawed player in that sense. That's the way he is. But for a guy who's always dependable, who always plays, a guy who can score, a guy who rebounds, and now maybe with this different configuration, maybe we can get something else out of him. But R.J. Barrett was never going to be what we thought R.J. Barrett could be in that starting rotation. He was always the third option. And it just appeared on certain occasions that where he could have made that extra pass, it was, I'm going to make this basket because I have to make that basket because I need to contribute. And there's more to contributing than just scoring points. And this is isolated. I'm not, not knocking him. I'm just saying that that inconsistency, that roller coaster ride that he constantly put us on as Nick fans, that was the issue that you had with him. Would he go through stretches where he would shoot well and play well? Absolutely. Would he go through stretches where he would rebound and play solid defense? Absolutely. But it's the lack of consistency. And honestly, how much of the ball was he going to get to score in that starting rotation? With Jalen Brunson, who's ball dominant and has a and has played phenomenal for this team, and Julius Randle, who's ball dominant but has made an effort to try to pass the ball more. Now, once again, with Randle going into the lane, drawing, leaving his feet, not the best, but you under at least he's trying to get rid of the basketball. Okay, should the ball be taken out of his hands totally? Yeah, but that's a whole other story. That's that's not the way Tom Thibodeau runs his offense, so that's not happening. All right. But now with a 3 and D guy, with Ananobi, who can help you push in transition, who can hit the three from the corners, as everybody, I know every Nick fans have seen all the scouting reports. You've heard Alan Hahn, you've heard Ian Begley, you've heard a number of folks who have talked about his abilities. And you've watched them. So you know what he can do. He can stretch the floor. He gives you some size at the wing. All right? And so now, hopefully, this gives you a little broader 
ability to score. Plus, it allows you to be a little bit better defensively because I think he closes out on the three much better. It allows you to put him on Porzingis now when you play Boston. It allows you to go big if you need to when you play Milwaukee or when you play Minnesota. And they have Carl Anthony Towns, okay, and, and Rudy Gobert. So it allows you to match up size-wise a little better. It allows you to match up size-wise when you play Orlando. You got the Wagner brothers. Okay, you got uh, Bonchero. You got you there there are teams in this league that have gone away from the Golden State model. And the Golden State model was really small quick for, small quick guys and you have to match up to them. Yes, they give you they you can have them defensively on occasion, but you defensively, you have trouble matching up with them because they cut and they move and they do all the things in that motion offense that has made Golden State so successful over the years to having the, the championships that they've had, even before they got Kevin Durant there. That's kind of what the Knicks were. But as you see, now we're starting to go back towards, you know, you got to have the big that can shoot outside. You got to have the big that can give you some points down in the paint. You've got to have a big. And so now the Knicks have that. Will they? Is, does this mean that they are a shoe-in for the top spot in the East? No. I still think they need another couple pieces, but I think they are a little closer because what happens is you have strengthened your starting rotation, but now what happens to your bench? Okay, you quickly was the guy coming off that bench. All right, that means now that spot has got to go to Quentin Grimes. Is Grimes going to be able to have that confidence to hit that shot, to be that guy on the bench? Uh, what does this mean for Deuce McBride? He got an extension on his deal. Does that mean that he's going to be the point guard coming off that bench? He's going to lead that bench situation? Is that what it means? So how does this bench shape up? So that's going to be another thing that we'll watch over the next couple of weeks. But for me, the Knicks had to make a statement. They had to do something to improve their team. Because really, with the team they have, they were going to do the same thing probably that they did last year, which was maybe a first-round win, second round, uh, and hopefully get through to maybe win or lose going deep into the second round. I think now with another move, they can actually, you can see them getting to the conference finals with another move. But I think this move was the right move at the time. Would I have rather keep Emmanuel quickly? Personally, yes. I would have rather see Fournier go without yeah, and keep quickly. But that says to me that since Fournier is still here, they're looking at another move. So I'm curious to see what that move is going to be. And they didn't give up any of their first-round picks. The only second-round pick here. But the talent parlays it. On the other side for the Raptors, uh, listen, Emmanuel quickly is, it could be a star in this league. It's going to be interesting now to see if he if he moves into the starting uh, lineup next to Schroeder or how much time he's going to get playing in Toronto and what that will do for his uh, for his situation. Uh, you know what's going to happen with uh, as far as R.J. Barrett's concerned, he's going back home. So uh, will that give him freedom to be the the player that he can be? We'll find out. But once again, when you have to give something 
you have to give something substantial to get the players that they got. OG Ananobi is the main part of that deal for me, but also uh, Achua is a more depth piece that you can have on the bench because you're really, I don't think you're going to see Mitchell Robinson anymore this season. I know there's an outside chance. If we get to the postseason, he could come in. I, I don't think you'll see him. And you have to prepare as if you don't. And if he comes back, great. If he doesn't, you are prepared. 1-800-919-3776. We'll come back and take your calls next. That's The Drive on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to The Drive with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. The Drive on 98.7 ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Also via X, formerly Twitter, at Hardesty ESPN at ESPNNY, 98 underscore 7 FM. Uh, we'll keep an eye on the football scores for you. That's what we do on The Drive. We've got the uh, Rams, Cooper Cup, Five-yard touchdown uh, completion. So they have a 14-7 lead over the Giants, and they have now just picked off uh, Tyrod Taylor on an interception. So they will uh, take over on down and possession as we round down to the second, uh, round to the end of the second quarter. Talk to you on the phones. 1-800-919-3776. Spike is in St. Pete. Hey, Spike, you're next on 98.7. Well, thank you. First of all, Happy New Year to you uh, and all the listeners and callers. And uh, your monologue was brilliant. Uh, You you covered everything I'm going to say. I just want to clear up a couple of things here that are lost in text and translations and all. But you hit every nail on the head. Uh, There's two schools of thought of this, fans of, of the players who have departed. And the management of the Knicks, you know, they flushed out all of the uh, Scott Perry stuff and cleaned house completely. This regime is taking its time, and I think they hit a home run. First of all, uh, I'll probably get killed for this, but my three favorite callers on in order, uh, you put us all together, in uh, Buddha, Jose, and Trey. And, and we're all pretty tight. You know that. Uh, it's Jose is, is great. He speaks beautifully. He loves R.J. Barrett. Everyone loves R.J. Barrett. Great kid, brought up properly, worked his ass off, improved his free throw shooting. But statistically, he was better in the first and second year. Defensively, they got a lot of mistakes. I love when they call it film. They haven't used film in 30 years. You know? <laughs> but they look at the film, and, and they, they're able to take advantage of his inadequacies on defense. He gives you 18 uh, non-efficient points a game. He was great in the playoffs last year. But just to get clean the air out here, I have nothing against R.J. Barrett. It's up to me. I'll keep them all. Uh, Emmanuel quickly, uh, we couldn't sign him. So you you may get him back. Who knows? He's not a point guard, Larry. He's not Mm -hmm. a point guard. Uh, When when, when he's driving to the basket, he does get to the line. When, when When they converge on him, he goes sideways. He's a terrific scorer. He's very similar to Cole Anthony. Uh, but he's a small point guard that has gigantic arms that are not enables him to get. He's got a great nose for the ball. So that's the big loss. We had to give something to get something. Someone I know pretty well just said that. We've wanted Ananobi. You know, Ananobi at Indiana, he took selected three-point shots. He didn't take a lot of them, but he made 45% of them his first year. Then they stopped them. He, that was before Woody went over there. So what we got is size. You're old school. You're not old to me, but you're old school. We needed size. OG Ananobi, by all metrics and statistics, is the seventh or eighth, I forget how, it, because they do by votes, mm-hmm. best defender in the world. You know, uh, admitting that the NBA is the top players in the world. Mm -hmm. And he was second team all NBA, and I think he got the second or third amount of votes. He gives you size. 
He's from the corner three weak side. He shoots over 40%. He's 37%. He guards the toughest guy. Uh, I don't know. Precious is it Achua? Is that how you pronounce it? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. The Nigerian kid is like a bull in a china shop. He's about 24 or 5. He's 6 8 or so. Uh, he gets four or five rebounds in 15 minutes a game. Uh, he'll be second or third or fourth guy off the bench. You're not going to replace quickly and RJ's raw numbers, but you're going to allow Dante DiPacenzo, who you saw last night, and that's not, not my type of basketball. <laughs> mm-hmm. I told you before that game, they're not, they can't compete in those games. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, when you got Halliburton addition 25 assists or whatever he got, you know, you're going to lose more of those games. You, you can't, you can't compete that type of defense. Uh, you know, this is just tear-ass basketball. But I think the Knicks will be anywhere from four to six, I'm hoping. And if we match up with Cleveland, we have the size now. Lastly, look, quickly will be felt, but, you know, he improved his defense. But he he's did. not a point guard, so mm-hmm. he's not going to back up. Listen, Schroeder is, is a backup point guard, like Reggie Jackson is. They're breaking that team up. You know, nobody wanted Pascal Siakam. Did you read that? No, I know. Isn't that amazing how his stock so has look, dropped? We got what we want. We got the best one of the top defenders in the world. He guards everybody, and that will limit him offensively. So uh, I, now we are, you could envision two or three Villanova guys and, and a big, and, and probably Randall, uh, uh, who's played well. Randall last night, he'll turn the ball over, but he stays closest to the basket. This is your type of Nick team, if I'm reading it right. Yeah, it is. It is, Spike. Thanks for the phone call and the kind words. It is. It's a team, but I still want them to be, I still want them to pick up their pace. I still want them to be a team that doesn't just sit back and grind out points, but I do think now I'm very curious to see with Ananobi there, okay, uh, it opens the floor on the offensive end a little bit. And we're talking about him like he's more of an offensive player, but he his priority is defense. And let's, let's face it, that's the Knicks' identity. The Knicks' identity is a defensive team. You know, when we talk about the Jets, what do we say about the Jets? The Jets' identity is their defensive team. The Nick identity, their defensive team, and and you're hoping that they, you know, can hit some threes and make their offense a little bit easier because it just it, it grinds so often. They just grind and grind and grind offensively, especially in the postseason. So I'm just hoping that they can, you know, do some things to to you know broaden that to make that offense a little bit easier to work with. And um, you know, I, I just like a little more size on my teams. I'm like, you know, Spike, you're right. I'm old school. I, I like the size. I like I like athletic size. I don't want lumbering size. I like athletic size. That, that's what I like. Uh, Kim's in the Big Apple. Kim, you're next on the drive. Hello, am I in the air? Yes, you are. Okay, it's Tim with a T. Mm-hmm. Got Tim. Okay, thanks, and Tim. Sorry about that. I like that. football. And I, I feel bad because I'm a Chicagoan, and I feel bad the way Jordan toyed with Nick fans for all those years. But I want to talk about the head coach of the Giants. Okay. Uh, you obviously get paid to do this for a living, so you can recall the play earlier this season when he had no timeouts. He's at the three-yard line, calls a running play, gives up three points, doesn't give it to Barkley. What is going on with the head coach of the New York Giants? Because there are coordinators and there are head coaches. And all I wanted to call, and I'm going to hang up and listen, is how does this guy still have a job? Well, he was good last year, Tim. I mean, mean, last year he made – thanks for the phone call. Last year he he was the gambling guy. Last year he was the guy that got that that roster into the postseason and won a postseason game. Same coach. 
Now, what the difference is, is because of injuries and whether he feels confidence in his offensive line or doesn't, that caused him maybe to make some moves that you kind of questioned this year. Has he, has he been the same type coach? No. Has he had the same? He's had a lot of offensive issues. He's had a lot of injuries. He's had injuries to his quarterback. He's, he's, you know, he had a third stringer in. So listen, it's very similar. A lot of teams have had injuries in the National Football League this year, especially at the quarterback spot and especially at the offensive line spot. Okay? I mean, not to the extent that the Jets have had where they have 13 different offensive line combinations in in starting this year. So it really comes down to your confidence in, in the talent that you have and what you see and what you think that you can out-chess match the defense with. Okay? And some of the things he tried didn't work. The things that worked for him last season has not worked for him this season overall. But I still he hasn't forgotten how to coach. And I still think the fact that he was able to get some wins with a third-string quarterback, you got to give him some credit. I mean, he made Tommy DeVito a functional quarterback in the National Football League. Functional quarterback. Not drafted. Functional quarterback. All right, And obviously, when you play, you know, the better teams, they're going to get the best of you. You know, the better the caliber of talent, the, the, the tougher it is for you to scheme against when you don't have the same amount of talent. That's been an issue. But I think he's considering what he's had and what he's been able to do. He's done a decent job. Has he been the perfect coach? Has he been as good as he was last year? No. I will agree with you there, Tim. But I, but I don't think he's been – I don't think he's done a bad job this year. 1-800-919-3776. We'll take more of your calls next on The Drive on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to The Drive with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. The Drive on 98.7 ESPN. We'll get to your Nick calls in a second. Rich Samini will turn us totally to football at the top of the hour. So if you want to... Talk about the Knicks. Get it off your chest. You can still do it. Got a couple lines open. 1-800-919-3776. But, of course, since this is the drive, got to get you caught up. We got some halftime scores in before we get back to the calls. Rams leading the Giants 14-10 at halftime. We've got uh, the Colts over the Raiders 14-3. Texans big over the Titans 20-3 at halftime. Saints with a 17-0 lead over Tampa. That NFC South, this is a... Big game, so if Tampa wants to get back into this, they have to really see what they can do in the second half. Uh, also at halftime, Bears over the Falcons 21-7, and the Jaguars are leading the Panthers 9-0. Uh, we've got one game, a couple of games going into halftime. That is the Ravens leading the Dolphins 28-13 with about 10 seconds left before halftime. And we've got the Bills over the Patriots 2014, a little over a minute left before halftime early third the Niners over the commanders 13 to 10 and this is weird right because as I was telling Julian during the break because of what Baltimore was able to do to the Niners last week and Brock Purdy even the weaker teams see some things where they can try to scheme and try to lock you in and make you kind of one-dimensional so we'll see if the Niners can stretch things out a little bit as the third quarter moves on. Eagles with a 21-6 lead over the Cardinals. And a little bit later, we'll talk about (laughs) that unbelievable game last night, Detroit and Dallas, and how officials messed that up over and over 
and over again. That's a quick scoreboard here on The Drive on 98.7 ESPN. Back to the phones we go. 1-800-919-3776. Jose is in Brooklyn. Jose, you are next on The Drive. Hey, good afternoon, Larry, and Happy New Year's to you and your family. And um, shout out to the company as usual. I definitely wanted to chime in and get a lot off my chest, as you said earlier, mm-hmm. uh, because, I, as you know, I'm a huge Knicks, Jets, and Yankees fan, and those are the three three teams that I normally call the most if stationed on and pretty much, you know, bash to oblivion. And, and, and I... I'm not going to say that the trade was a bad trade because I do see them getting better defensively. I do see them getting better in size-wise, which was something that I said we needed. The constant, but but I, I, I feel like, you know, there's this constant overselling. And it was something that I was speaking to Chantel earlier with, um, when I called in. It's the constant overselling of trying to sell me that this is going to work out and that this is automatically going to make the team better. And I'm just like, one, I don't see the team getting better. I just see the team getting more defensively minded, but I didn't think the issue was really defense. A lot of it was based off of Tibbs inability to actually solve the puzzle of the adjustments of people figuring out how to work around our players. So, so now we've gotten new players. So hopefully this does work, but this kind of reminds me of, you know, Hey, you know, the media said, Hey, we needed to make a trade. We need to make a move. They kept pounding it throughout the first, you know, few games they, they want, this was what they wanted. So of course they're going to say that this is a great trade for the Knicks. They, you know, got someone who is a, a, a great defensive stalwart, et cetera, et cetera. It kind of reminds me of the time when fans said we gave up too, too much for a certain trade and you still have people, you still have radio hosts that are still trying to tell us that we're wrong. When at the end of the day, the sheer numbers and the sheer facts said that we did trade too much of our depth away for that person. And, and right here, I think we're trading a lot of offense, that a lot of offensive firepower. And when we were facing those games, it was, I didn't feel like we were short on defense. I just felt like we were missing another score. And now it feels like we're not. Now it feels like we've just downgraded for more defense. And let's see how it works out. I hope it doesn't work out. I hope it's not like the Jets situation where we try, you know, where people try to sell people on a 40-year-old quarterback with a bad offensive line. And, you know, people and fans like myself were like, hey, wouldn't it be better to keep our draft picks, keep broader and, you know, draft Broderick Jones and actually not have to rely on Dwayne Brown and Mekhi Becton and all of that stuff? I guess we got to get rid of that narrative. If you listen to the fans, you'll be sitting with them because a lot of fans that do call in are actually smart and they actually, you know, because I, I, I would trust – Ira and Buddha running running this Jet organization more than I'll trust Woody Johnson, sadly. <laughs> well, I would too, Jose. But let me ask you this. Takes. And I would yeah. too. I would too. But let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think where do you think if the Knicks had not made a change, where do you think this team would have ended up? I think, sadly, this team would have been downgraded to a play-in team, possibly. I wouldn't have minded it because it was still better than what we were getting with the 20-win futility seasons. 
and this hamster wheel that people think that we've been stuck on, we've been stuck on only for three years. And it's just more of, I, I was just more of wanting to be a little bit more patient and seeing. Um, Emmanuel, quickly, the fact that they couldn't work out a deal, I don't think, I, I think that it could have been worked out, but it's more of a situation of, hey, they, they, they turned it down and the Knicks just would rather go through an, another option. Especially, and they better hope that, Deuce McBride is a suitable replacement. They better hope that Quentin Grimes doesn't become the next Landry Fields, because remember, Landry Fields was the, supposed to be that, you know, young piece that was supposed to be, you know, elevated with the Carmelo Anthony, but we, but then it became a black hole. So we, we, we there's so many things that I'm hoping that it turns out, turns out, but I, but from seeing history, seeing how these organizations operate, I'm just hoping that history is not repeating itself because I'm only 37 years old. I, I've already lost all my hair on my head. I don't got time to, to you know, stress out more about my sports teams, Larry. Like, uh, is this the punishment of, uh, of growing up with the Red Bulls and the Yankees and all these teams being successful when I was young and, and all those jet playoff runs? Is this my punishment? I guess it is, but I, 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 I can't deal with another 13 years of, of, of what these teams have been giving me. Have a good one, Larry. <laughs> All right, Jose, have a good new year to you and your family. I hear what you're saying. I do. Is there a chance the trade may not work? Yeah, of course it is. But I just think, and I'm not trying to sell you on it, I just think that I don't believe they were going to, I don't believe they felt to pay quickly the amount of money that he wanted for him to be a backup. And I think they always see him. I mean, he's going to start alongside Jalen Brunson. You know, that's not what they saw. So, you know, I just think that they felt that um, they weren't able to make a deal. And rather than to see him go, well, they would have got something because he was a restricted free agent. But for them not to get what they could, they packaged him and moved him out. The R.J. Barrett one, the quickly one is a little bit more disturbing, but you knew he was the, he was the guy that, they, I mean, let's face it. When you look at this roster the way it is, <laughs> you that was the guy everybody wants is Emmanuel Quickly. The Nick players that they have are good for them, right? Like you hear us talk a lot about what teams are like because they work well together, okay? I don't know that. For example, I don't know a Draymond Green as talented as he is, and we'll talk off, off the off the court stuff and issues. I'm just talking about basketball talent. As talented as he is, would he have been as effective on a bunch of other teams other than Golden State because of the style of play that Golden State has with the shooters? I mean, he was surrounded by shooters. They need him to score. This is not a double double guy. This is a guy that might have, if he was a double-double, he might have 10 rebounds and 10 assists. He's not doing scoring and, and rebounding. So because that was his style of play. Now, you know, maybe if he's in a different style, he would have played differently. I don't know. But when you think of how valuable Draymond Green was to this Golden State Warriors team, it's because of what he was able to do, his versatility. And so I don't know. Maybe when we go to Toronto, we'll see a totally different R.J. Barrett. We'll see an even better Emmanuel quickly. And you know what? 
That's good for them. As a team, as a Nick fan, I have to trust that Leon Rose and World Wide West and that crew have done their homework and understand what it takes to try to get this team better. And so for me and what I like just as my style of play, I like a little taller athletic guys. Okay? Once again, I don't know if it works. It may not work. I hope it does. I hope it does. But if they made no changes, I don't know that – I don't think they do as well as they did last year. I just don't. I don't. And, yeah, you're right. It's different than the 21-win teams. There's no question about it. It's it's fun to even talk about playoffs because with those teams, Jose, we weren't even talking about playoffs at all. I mean, it was like, oh, God, who's coming out in the draft? I mean, we were looking at the draft already because <laughs> we knew – The Knicks weren't going to be in the postseason. But I do think that they have an obligation to try to upgrade this roster. And as I said earlier, considering that Fournier is still sitting on this bench, um, I don't think they're done. And they didn't use any of their first-round picks here. Now, maybe you could argue, okay, use some more of the first-round picks to get these guys and give me keep one of the guards here. But if Emmanuel quickly is not part of that deal, that deal does not get made. No question about it. In my mind, no question about it. 1-800-919-3776. More of your calls are next on 98.7 ESPN. Let's head back there. Lee's in Brooklyn. Lee, you are next on 98.7. I love you, Larry. Thank you, Lee. Love you and your family as well. Happy holidays. Hey, 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 Larry, Larry, I got a good saying for you uh, that I always use. Mm-hmm. Thanks for stopping, but please keep on shopping. <laughs> hey, listen, Knicks are a good team. Don't let's not get it twisted. They're mm-hmm. a good team. They were a good team the way they constructed before. They're a good team today, but they're not the teams that I have picking trying to get to the NBA Finals. Understood. Which for the East would be, uh, you would have uh, Milwaukee, and you would have uh, Boston, and also the. Um, uh, Milwaukee, Boston, and I'm um, leaving Philadelphia, right? Mm-hmm. And yep. then in the West, I have Dallas, and then I have um, what's the other team? Dallas, uh, Minnesota, mm-hmm. Denver to repeat, and the Clippers have been added in. Okay. So, um, don't get it twisted, Larry. Larry, the Knicks are a good team. They, they, they what? They're, I think they're like almost uh, what ten games over five hundred. No, not yet. So they've been, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. So, but, no. they, but they've been playing very well. I mean, basically, they right in the. They're in the mix. They're what Atlanta used to do all the time years ago. Always would be in the playoffs, get to the second round, and lose. Mm-hmm. Well, so you, listen, hey, you know what, Lee? And, and thanks for the phone call and the kind words, my friend. I wish I wish the Knicks would be like Atlanta was back in the day when Dominique Wilkins was there. They were always in the postseason. Always. Re- at least you knew they were going to be in the postseason, always in the postseason. But that that was for a seven, eight-year period. Knicks haven't done that yet. They've only been there two out of the past. L- no, listen, I'm grateful. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying, Nick fans. I'm happy that they're in the postseason. But they're not as consistent as I would like them to be. All right? So we'll see what happens if, uh, you know, I think they'll get to the postseason this year. It's just a matter of how far they will go. Uh, Rob is in Merrick. What's up, Rob? Hey, Rob. Happy holidays, buddy. All right, well, Rob is saying talking to somebody else, not talking to me. 
Let's talk to Buddha in the Bronx. Buddha, you're next on 98.7. Yeah, Happy New Year's, my big brother. Always good to have you back. Miss you when you're not on, man. I appreciate you, Buddha. How's the family? Everybody's good. How about yours? Everybody's good, thank you, sir. Everybody's good. We, you know, we just got to appreciate what we got. You know, Amen you know. to that. You know. Listen, it's great also you getting to talk hoops and get away from those New York wets. Because, I mean, the only thing <laughs> the only thing more silly than the fact that they thought Aaron Rodgers was a better choice than Lamar Jackson is Dion Cole trying to keep his girl away from that moisturizing hand wash <laughs> and those progressive red flag commercials. Oh, my God. You know what? Look, as a Knicks observer from the outside looking in, you know, um, I ain't got no pelts on the wall, per se. Mm-hmm. The trade had to happen. Uh, you know, once DiVincenzo was signed, you know, R.J. Barrett's days were numbered. And anybody who didn't know that, you weren't really paying attention. They had too many guards. You know, R.J. Barrett was not playing his normal position. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and they brung Brunson's guys. And then quickly, he, you know, he needed an opportunity to play free. You know, the negatives I see, which can be fixed and, and are not the worst things in the world, you know, I slightly disagree with Papa Large. Not that quickly is not a true point guard. Uh, obviously, he's not. But in this league, uh, how many teams have that true point guard? The, the combo guard is actually more common than the pure point guard is. And you could build your team in a way in which that can work. You know, I, I don't like what the Knicks have behind um, Brunson. And, you know, the question you have to ask is, is he going to get to the playoffs burnt out? You know, because I don't see his, his either one of the guys backing him up as somebody that could play major minutes. You know, you can't trust them offensively. But if they can't get another move done, then that's where this thing starts getting a little shaky. Because let's keep it a stack. Grimes and DiVincenzo, neither one of those guys are two starting, um, two guard starters. They're backups to me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the win-loss total, without another move, the win-loss total will be the same. But the third, and this is kind of the more concerning thing out of the negatives that that I see is, now, whether or not he's always available and and everything, we know that Julius Randle is always available. But another trade that doesn't involve somebody who's going to challenge his role on the team as the number two and is going to empower and embolden him more to be bringing the ball up the court you know, and doing the dribble, uh, step-back threes and all that other stuff, it's going to be difficult. The longer you let that go on, it's going to not only be difficult for him to adjust, let's say they do get another player, Mm. but also for Tibbs to adjust because, you know, the whole thing is it keeps him as the number two behind Brunson, which clearly he is. So now if you bring in another guard, he's going to be more reticent to relinquish that role, and Tibbs is going to be more reticent to challenge that. And it also, you know, you have to bring in another player, and that player, to me personally, it has to be a two, not as you got this guy OG because he's a three. Mm-hmm. It has to be a two guard. And what we all want to see is what Tibbs, forget about his defense. We know what Tibbs' defense is. To, for the Knicks to take a, another step, the offense has to evolve. So how does that take place? You, you understand what I'm saying? That's yes, where the conundrum is. You know what I mean? Yep. You're right, Buddha. Thanks for the phone call. Kind words as always. Good to hear from you. You're right. And so hopefully what they'll be able to do is until they figure that out and, and continue on finishing with their finished product, but for the next couple of, of weeks until they get that part done, 
hopefully they can continue to rebound and push the basketball and just just play up tempo defense and up tempo offense. Hopefully they can do something of that nature until you get into a scenario where you'll, you'll find out. Because once again, I I don't believe they're done. They can't be done. I don't believe they're done, because as Buddha mentioned. Who is that player now that's going to give you the scoring for that second unit? Is it, is it, you know, is it, are you sure Grimes is going to be able to do that? Okay. Are you sure? On nights that Brunson gets into foul trouble, who's going to handle the ball now? Who, who do you have that confidence that's going to do that? So there's other things that have to happen with this team. So I'm very curious to see what the next move is going to be. Uh, Floyd's in Harlem. What's up, Floyd? Happy New Year's to you. Happy New Year's, Thanks, Lord, uh, to you and yours. All right. Now, uh, what i like to say, that wasn't a bad move that the Knicks made when they made that trade. Because, see, I'm a little frustrated. I'm an NY until I, got, until I die guy. Mm-hmm. I love the Knicks. I need the championship now. I need <laughs> to be somewhere now. What's his name? Quickly. Mm-hmm. Quickly is now showing me that he might have potential. Because in the in in the, in in the years years ago, quickly had this habit of bringing his, his his defender inside the middle, and then he either don't put it up or he get lost. He don't know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. He don't have a teardrop shot. But um, Donovan Mitchell, I think that he would be the the one two punch with Munson. With Brunson, yeah. Yeah, both of them guys on the on the court. When one of them go out, the other one can now take over, and mm-hmm. then you have you have the, the the secondary coming in. They're shooters. They're also shooters too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying, Floyd. Thanks for the phone call and the kind words. It's um, it's going to be interesting to see what the next move the Knicks have. Okay, once again, they still have Fournier and his money. An expiring contract, which is worth something. Okay. They still have some more draft choices, some of them that are this year. So they have to move them, otherwise they're gonna lose them. So it's it is gonna be interesting to see how they get things done, uh, and what the next move is gonna be. Jason Queens, what's up, Jay? Hey Larry, happy new year, man. Same to you, Jay. Just wanna say I uh my pleasure, brother. I I, I looked up, I Googled you and uh Gordon. You guys are some some decent-looking gentlemen, <laughs> but um, I wanted to just call in and just touch on what Buddha was saying, mm-hmm. how how it should be talked about more. You know, during the summer, you know, Lamar Jackson had a lot of turmoil and issues with the Baltimore Ravens, and I can recall the Jets didn't even didn't even take a meeting with the guy. Imagine our world if Lamar Jackson's our quarterback. Can you talk about that a little bit? Sure okay. can, Jay. Thanks for the phone call. Um, I never thought. Listen, I wanted Lamar Jackson for Jet fans. I thought he would have been the perfect situation. But as it turned out, as you start to hear more and more about the negotiations, there was no way that they were letting him go. They were going to just lock him in, and they were going to, you know, try to sign him, and as they did, and have him long term. So, while it was a nice idea at the time, they weren't going to move him because there were other people other than the Jets who needed quarterbacks. Nothing happened. When we return, Rich Samini will join us. We'll talk a little football. That's next on 98.7 ESPN.